0: We've added a way for our listeners who would like to support the podcast to do so. We love our coffee, so you can go to buymeacoffee.com slash practical prep and buy us a cup of coffee. Wink. That's buymeacoffee.com slash practical prep.
1: We're recording tonight, February the 14th, as we are looking for a severe winter storm warning coming in. We see, it's quite unusual that we see winter storm warnings running from the southern tip of Texas up into Ohio. This thing seems to be drifting some to the south and east. We were on the line a day or two ago, and now we're well inside the line here in North Alabama. And we just wanted to update some of the current situations that's going on and deal with a few things that we can do in preparation for this. And some of this is some pretty severe temperatures and situations that we're seeing. I have a friend in Texas that is looking for minus three degrees and snow. And, Krista, you have a friend that you heard from today, and what was her situation?
0: Well, this afternoon, she was reporting from the Midland, Texas area, and at about 3 o'clock this afternoon, they were at 7 below. So I expect that they're probably well at 10 below or more at this During point. They're in the double digit still, tonight. Probably still dropping, and that's so, so, so unusual. So we have to take these winter storms quite seriously, and I think the most serious part of it is not so much that a snow event, which I believe some snow is falling in some of these areas, but we're expected to have more of an ice event. Exactly. And that's going to be more serious when it comes to tree damage, power line damage, falling branches, power outages, that sort of thing.
1: Not to mention causing some hazardous conditions anywhere outside, including on the roads. Now, in one of our previous low-cost or no-cost prepping activities episodes, we were talking about some of the things that we could do that didn't cost us any money and some things that we needed to do from time to time anyway. And so this afternoon, we did some of those things in preparation for the ice storm that may be coming our way. One of the things that we did was charged all of our ham radios, charged our devices, our power banks, our jump box, we move propane bottles from the garage out to the back porch where if we need those, we're not going to have to walk on icy walkway. I don't bounce like I used to, so don't want to be falling on that icy walkway trying to move propane tanks. So I went ahead and moved those today. We may be cooking by grill, any number of things there. And we got to checking some of the batteries. One of the things that we were talking about doing. And we have a set of LED lanterns. They were actually your mom and dad's, Mm -hmm. and I think there were eight or ten of them in there. And we've taken the batteries out of some of them, but we were checking the batteries, and I turned them on, and they were working. But I opened the battery compartment up, and I began to see, or I saw where some of the batteries have begun to leak and beginning to cause some corrosion in there. So I took those batteries out, threw them away, cleaned out the inside of the compartments, and replaced those batteries. So you need to pop that battery compartment off and take a look at it because that was lanterns that were working. And so if we just checked to see if they were working, we would have missed that very, very quickly but we did that we replaced all of our batteries we've got our we've discussed our cooking plan we've discussed our heating plan we moved auxiliary heater to the house that would be easy enough for us to fire up if we lose power during the night so we believe we are ready if anything happens And we just want to cover some of the things that you need to be careful about and look at. And one of the things in these kinds of temperatures, now we're not looking at extremely low temperatures in North Alabama, but some of you are in single digit and in negative numbers, and even in double digit negative numbers. And so we wanted to cover one thing that I would like to do is, Chris, touch on some of the signs and symptoms of hypothermia.
0: Well, hypothermia is extreme low temperature exposure. And some of you that are having snow, you're going to be uh, very eager to get out there with the snow shovels and the snow plows and what have you, and even brooms, and to spend quite a bit of time out there trying to clean off porchways, stairways, sidewalks, driveways, that sort of thing. And sometimes you lose track of time and you can actually expose yourself to some of these very, very extremely freezing temperatures. And hypothermia can set in before you even realize it. And some of the signs and symptoms, the first and most notable, would be shivering. Now, there's there's trembling shivering, and then there's that kind of shivering you get that you can't control it. It's, uncontrollable it's, shivering. It, I've actually had that kind of shivering. It's a teeth-chattering, cannot stop it, cannot control it. When you're shivering to the point, you can't clench your teeth and stop it, you may be getting close to trouble. Another symptom would be slurred speech or mumbling. If someone's speaking to you and you're speaking back to them and you're not making a lot of sense and you're, you think you are, but you're not sounding too swell, you may be getting very close, if not already, into hypothermia. Slow and shallow breathing. A lot of times if you're out there doing that snow shoveling, you're expending a lot of energy and you're exerting a lot of energy and you're getting tired and you're uh, breathing out quite a bit. Another thing would be a very weak pulse as your body organs and the blood flow is trying to come into the core. The pulse on your wrists and your ankles and such and neck is going to be weaker.
1: And it could seem what, what's called thready. It could be faster hmm But very weak.
0: Exactly. I know there would be a clumsiness or a lack of coordination. We're now, not
1: how talk- would you tell if <laughs> I am hypothermic? Because <laughs> I am normally clumsy and have a lack of coordination
0: well this may be more than just a slip and fall on the snow and ice and lord have mercy don't do that either but this is just if you're clumsy or have a lack of coordination if you're not stepping on the snow or ice you may already be getting to be weak in your muscles your limbs and your oxygen levels may be dropping
1: in and your it's rain. that lack of coordination in being able to do things that you normally are able to do And now you just can't seem to put that plug in that receptacle. Just the coordination goes away.
0: I saw a film one time where someone was hypothermic, and they were having trouble reaching up just to grab the doorknob. Right. They reached, and they reached, and they reached, and you could see the frustration. And what was happening was the muscles in the arm were getting close to frostbitten, Mm -hmm. and they were just not realizing it, so they got help in time.
1: And here's another one. memory loss or confusion.
0: Absolutely. If you maybe are confused about what day it is or what if you're supposed to go to work or not today or is today a church-going day or what. It can be a form of hypothermia where your brain's just not working. Another one is extreme drowsiness and extremely low energy when you're out there, especially in the deep cold. That's another sign. Now we're getting to some more severe signs of hypothermia hypothermia, the most probably very severe would be a loss of consciousness, a complete passing out from hypothermia. And that's when you can really get in trouble because some of you may decide you're going to do some of these snow and ice activities when you're all alone and there's nobody home or there's nobody in your office and there's nobody around you for miles. And if you get in trouble, you're alone out there.
1: And this can happen when you're not exerting yourself. I've come close to being in trouble with hypothermia a few times over my life, just sitting in the deer woods, not doing anything, Mm -hmm. but my core temp is dropping. And actually folks, hypothermia is an actual medical emergency. There are some things that you can do. If you have someone else that is hypothermic, you need to get them to a warm area and you can wrap them up with blankets. You can feed them warm liquids. Hot soup. Hot soup. Well,
0: warm soup, not terribly hot.
1: Anything to warm up that body core temperature.
0: We also stress that this is not the time to break out the brandy bottle or the whiskey bottle. We don't want somebody to get warmed up with alcohol because that can mask some of the symptoms of hypothermia. The
1: alcohol actually will cause the temperature to drop, but it makes you feel like you are warmer.
0: Right, so no booze. I used to
1: laugh about how the big Saint Bernards going out to do the rescue mission (laughs) wore the (laughs) little
0: keg keg of (laughs) of brandy
1: around their neck. I mean, might be nice to have, but didn't actually help the situation. Now, if you've gotten someone into a warm area, given them warm liquids. Put blankets around them, put them in front of a fire, the, the things that would normally warm a person up, and you're not able to get their shivering to stop after an extended period of time, that's time to seek medical help. So be very careful with this. Pay attention to each other, pay attention to yourself, and let's don't get in trouble with hypothermia. Now, if you do lose heat, hopefully, if we're preppers, maybe we have auxiliary heat, ways to, to heat the house or a portion of it or a room or wrap up in blankets, sleep in a sleeping bag in the bed, those kinds of things. But if you just, if you're in a sensitive situation and you're going to lose heat or you do lose heat, go find a warming station.
0: Oh, yes. There actually are warming stations in many communities out there. They anticipate this type of thing that there will be folks out there that just don't have any other means. And it is no shame in the game to ask for help because it could be the difference between you, you know, having a very extremely miserable night and having a comfortable night making uh, new friends or maybe spending it with some trusted neighbors in a warming station. So seek help. It's out there for you. Don't be ashamed to ask for help.
1: And in some situations, you're About life and death.
0: Something else, it may seem kind of trivial in a sense, but it's old advice and it makes a lot of sense. If you are anticipating at least having some heat or having to go lower in the temperature of your heat to spare your resources, at least dress in some layers. Put on two pairs of socks, maybe three if you need to. Put on T-shirts, long-sleeve shirts, flannel shirts, jackets, sweaters, leggings under jeans. Put on several layers of clothing because layers of clothing is warmer than just wearing a T-shirt, shorts, and then putting a big overcoat on. You really want to layer up. You can always take layers off if you get warm and comfortable. But put on several layers, you'll be amazed and astounded at how much body heat you're able to retain.
1: Same thing works in the bed, too. Throw a couple of extra blankets on.
0: Absolutely. Be very careful of your steps and walkways. And if you don't absolutely have to get outside and go anywhere, then just don't. Stay inside where it's warm and comfortable to the very best of your ability. Have your soup. Eat your bread. If you've got power outage situation, then maybe just you've got to be able to have some kind of a plan if you can communicate somehow with someone either by a cell phone or a ham radio or walkie-talkie or some device like that. If this is the winter storm that's going to cause you to maybe think of a plan in the future, well... That might be good, too, hopefully, though, that you've anticipated needing resources at the ready.
1: And this is the time to be checking on your neighbors, checking on your friends, checking on family members, especially the elderly, especially those that are compromised in some other situation that may not be able to do the things that would be necessary if they lost the power. And as Chris said, if you can possibly stay home, stay inside, do that, have your milk and bread sandwiches and (laughs) look out the window and watch it. But now there's some of us that just have to go to work. There's some that it doesn't matter what the situation is. There are some folks that just absolutely must go to work medical folks, law enforcement, enforcement, Mm -hmm. fire department, EMS.
0: State workers, uh, city workers. State
1: workers. I mean, the guys that have to clear the roads, the guys that keep the water flowing, the guys that keep the electricity working, the guys that go out and have to go out and put the poles back up, the lines back up after they fall from the ice and the snow. If you're one that just absolutely has to go to work, if you are in an area that's ice and snow, if you possibly, if you have them, you chains or snow tires if you possibly can. But you do need to slow down. That's the number one thing when it comes to driving in snow and ice. Slow down. I've seen people that thought they could drive in snow and drive in 55, 65 miles an hour down the interstate. And next thing you know, they hit a spot of ice and they do about four 360 degree turns and they say they don't know what happened. Well, I know what happened. You were driving too fast. Mm-hmm. It's plain and simple. So slow down and expect patches of ice, especially uh, when you're approaching bridges and stuff. Now, you mentioned steps and walkways a while ago. Here again, this is where we'd like to avoid those if we possibly can. These ramps, ramps become very slick, uh, like, like a, wheel, a wheelchair, wheelchair ramp, wheelchair ramp or or access. handicap access. Mm-hmm. But you folks up in the north know a lot more about this than we do down here in the south. But you can salt those steps. You can do some things to make them where you can walk them more safely, where you can walk on the steps more safely. And hold on to that handrail. Just hold on to that handrail as you ease down those steps. And just be careful where you're walking. Now, some of our friends that we need to think about during this situation, we don't always think about them in weather situations, but we certainly need to be thinking about our pets tonight, tomorrow, tomorrow night. Chris, what are some things that we can do to better prepare our pets for these kinds of situations.
0: Well, with pets, now some people actually do kennel their dogs. They might have hunting dogs or pet dogs, and they've got them kenneled outside. And, you know, Mother Nature does take care of dogs to a certain extent giving them a warmer than human body temperature. But there are just some extreme temperatures that it's even very difficult for the shaggiest dog to stay warm. So, you know, have a heart. These are animals that are part of your family and you want to take care of them and you don't want them to just be out there on their own. And some people are having pets right now. This is a puppy whelping season too. So there's a lot of mommy dogs out there. She may have 10 or 12 puppies she's trying to nurse. Have some compassion and bring in your cats, your dogs, ferrets or rabbits if at all possible or or to the very least extent make sure that they've got some kind of wind shelter And heating source that is safe, something that they cannot harm themselves with. Heat lamps. Heat lamps, something that they cannot put their mouth or claws or or teeth on it anyway. But you've just really got to think like it was you spending the night out there. What would you want to have? But if you can bring them inside, at least even to a garage, a basement, some sort of a shelter out of the cold, the wet, and the wind, that will do them a lot more good than than so many people have gone outside the next day. And they have found... pet dog frozen right and it's just that's needless that's senseless and that's heartless don't be that person don't be that person
1: have some heart bring that animal bring that pet inside Mm -hmm. or at least put it in the garage where it's not going to be quite as cold and it will at least have uh, wind protection now you were talking about livestock one of the things that I know that my uncle used to have to do in extremely cold weather. Of course, he couldn't bring his 55 cows inside. Sure. He had some protected areas for them, but they primarily, their primary water source was a farm pond and he would have to go down there and take an axe and chop holes in four inches of ice for his cattle to be able to drink. So just keep that in mind. If you have a lot of cattle, you're probably very accustomed to this, but if you just have one or two you may want to find a way to heat that. The water. We the saw the water that. trough. We went
0: to a farm supply yesterday, and we found farm buckets that are made for water supply, and they have heat coils down in the bottom, and they're made to prevent the water from freezing.
1: Right. It doesn't make hot water. It will Doesn't even make yeah. warm water.
0: It just prevents freezing.
1: Right. But it's kind of like that heat tape that you can put around pipes mm-hmm. and plug it in. It will keep it from freezing.
0: Yes, I think that's an extremely valuable thing to have in the wintertime. And this goes for horses, too. And if you, for your horses, a lot of folks will put blankets on the horse. Right. And that helps a great deal, too. And
1: even, even in the barn, if, if your horses are in the barn, in the stall, they're protected. If it's below 32 degrees, their water can still freeze. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it doesn't have to be tremendous amount of cold out there for their water to freeze. Now, if you've got cattle... One of the things about cattle is for them to maintain their own body heat, they need a little bit more food.
0: Mm-hmm. They have to keep so that digestion going. That, that
1: digestion helps mm-hmm. with their heating. So give them a little bit of extra feed during this time and move their feeding area out of mud because it takes more energy for them if they're having to walk through mud, especially if it's frozen. Maybe move that feeding area if you don't have an area that they can get in a protected area. Move it over near the wood line where there's a little more more wind protection for them with that wood's That's something to do. What about chickens? We have family members that have chickens.
0: Yes. And our family members that have chickens, they've actually got a variety of living circumstances for their chickens. They do have some interior buildings that their animals can get into, their chickens and ducks can get into. They also have some covered, fenced, segregated areas when they're separating their hens from their roosters, you know, to try to keep just the laying hens. Some of them have those chicken tractors, you know, those like big, uh, Uh they look like, I, I call them a playhouse for the chicken. but Playhouse on wheels. You do have to give some thought because chickens are generally more of a foraging animal and they're more like out in the open. So you do want to give them some sort of protection. We saw something over the weekend where someone had taken their own pup tent and had brought it into, I believe, a basement mm-hmm. and had filled it with shavings. And they had brought, they only had maybe half a dozen chickens, but they put their chickens in the pup tent in the basement, in an area where they were going to have double digit below zero, and that was just too extreme, and so they didn't want to take any chances with their chickens, and they had a light fixture up inside the very top of the tent, not anywhere close to where the chickens could get to it, right. but it if- produced enough heat and light for them and the chickens were just toasty and happy as a lark and so yeah
1: you know, when you move them to negative double digits into an area that's 50 55 degrees even
0: mm-hmm. uh, they have they're you, made
1: their yeah. life a lot better well we just wanted to touch on some things we're praying for the folks across this country that are going through this and will be going through this for the next day or two or three or four we really don't know how long it's going to go the weather reports here said through at least Tuesday so we know that starting at six o'clock tonight until sometime tuesday so we're looking at about a 36 hour uh, here in north alabama some of you it's going to be a much longer ride than that and we pray for you we hope that everything works out well and anything else you want to add tonight chris
0: well we just want to again remind you that prepping is what gets you ready for these kinds of things and we're always going to have weather to some degree and this is just one of those times and it's a little unusual we don't usually have winter weather like we're anticipating but we feel very calm and confident tonight that we have done the very best that we can do for our household to be ready with our food and water supply, our cooking plan, our power outage plan, our lighting plan, our clothing plan and also to take care of our pets that are um, already inside. So we just want to encourage you to also think of your plan. If you don't have a plan, come up with one. It's a good time to think about it, and if your power's out and you can't go to work anyway, this might be the time to really sit down and write some things out and devise a plan that's going to be right for your family. Take stock of what your food inventory is. Uh, take stock of how you're going to keep your pipes from freezing. You may need to have the water dripping just a little tiny bit of drip to keep pipes from freezing in your area. We want you to take care of your house and your resources as best as you can. So give it some thought. This is your life and protection we're talking about. So value it. We value ours. We want you to value yours.
1: You know, I was thinking earlier, most preppers don't have to go to the store when the weatherman uses the S word. You he know, means snow. <laughs> when they use that, and that cleans out the milk and bread aisles and things like that. But don't you feel for the, the people that actually, honestly needed their milk and bread today, not just for the snow, but today was their day to go and buy their groceries? Well, out?
0: I was that person. Until I became a serious prepper, wouldn't you know that the day that I needed to go to the grocery store was the day that the weather decided to turn to ice and snow up in North Carolina at the time that I was living there. I would just need to go to the store for my regular stuff. I wasn't prepared, so I was going into the midst of the crowd into a store whose shelves were now empty because of all the panic buying that took place before I was even able to get there. And that kind of taught me a lesson. That happened about three times over the space of maybe four or five years. And after that third time, I said, that's it. I will no longer be that person. I will be someone who will anticipate. And if I don't have bread, I'll just have to learn how to make it.
1: Right, and you know, bread and milk—the same thing goes with your gas tank. When you get down to a half a loaf, just go ahead and pick another one up. When you get down to a half a gallon, go ahead and pick another one up.
0: Well, and you said gas tank and half a loaf—that confused me.
1: Well, for a we second. use half a tank as <laughs> <'cause laughs> empty on our gas tanks. When we get to a half a tank, we fill up.
0: I see what you mean now about confusion. Are you hypothermic uh, right now? It
1: is kind of chilly in <laughs> here. Okay. All right, folks, we've enjoyed it. We'll see you next time. If you enjoy Practical Prepping Podcast, we ask you to leave us a five-star review and tell your friends about it.
0: We also ask you to consider supporting our podcast. You can do that by buying us a cup or two of coffee by going to www.buymeacoffee.com slash practical prep.
1: We appreciate any support to keep this podcast coming to you.
0: We thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time.